Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there and welcome along to the show. Dan here with Michael from the Square Ball and Phil Hay from The Athletic as we catch up on another eventful week in the life of Leeds United. show is brought to you by Astonish, our new sponsor, Michael. By chance I've worn this, uh, this shirt if you're on the video. Again. Version. Again, yeah. yeah. Do they do hangover cures, Michael? <laughs> as far as I'm aware. There's some hangover vibes in this studio, I would say. Not from me, to be clear. No, me neither. I would like Unusually. To, I would like to formally apologise for my shambolic performance on the match ball last <laughs> night. I was in transit for about 10 or 11 hours off the back of a wedding in Ireland and it got it got messy. I thought you were transitioning to the other side at certain points. You were, you were just, you were so far gone. Yeah. Well, we've, lo- we've lost him. He's gone. There's no way back. No, I had a good, good solid sleep last night. Back fighting fit today. Well, not quite fit, but... All good. It won't be as shambolic as yesterday. And to be fair, this is not a live show. That was a live stream. This can be edited to make it appear better. Um, but in the meantime, that's nothing to do with Astonish. No. No, because they do um, ethical household and personal care cleaning products. They're made here in Yorkshire. Very good. That's good, isn't it? Born and bred in Leeds. Not like you. I was born near Leeds. Close enough, in the satellite towns. Astonish's award-winning value products include the UK's number one mould and mildew blaster, which you will swear by. I do use that, yes. Very good. The deep cleaning and safe to touch oven and grill cleaning paste. Have you used that? I haven't used that. Well, you've been given a box load of stuff here again to take home. I noticed that so we had a, bo- a load of box, a box full of stuff sent in. It's all gone now. It's not, it's there. You'd never have thought, would you? I've taken my share of it. Oh, oh your share, right. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Was um, Moscow not straight into that? I thought I'd be right up his street. No harsh chemicals, no corrosives, and officially certified cruelty free and vegan. Astonish.co.uk to, um, to pick up some stuff from Astonish. And of course, in your, um, in all good, you got to say, in all good shops. In all good bookshops, it normally is, isn't it? Home bargains, I get mine. Yeah. On all good websites. Yes. Astonish.co.uk for details. And thanks to Astonish for the support on this. Um, And we apologise in advance for whatever Michael says. So we missed the Monday show. So we're going a little bit earlier to try and sort of bridge the gap because we're into the final few days of the transfer window, Phil. And uh, just in the last hour, as we record, Jed Spence has been confirmed at Leeds United, which is an absolutely rock solid signing. We're off the back of the Penalties defeat at, um, at Salford. So where, where do you want to go first? Should we talk about Jed Spence? The only Monday show that's been worth doing for about nine months. <laughs> Off the and, back of a win and, as well, yeah. And you were getting tanked into the Guinness. Yeah, there's a lot happened, hasn't there? Should, should we start at Ipswich? I don't know. It was it was Let's really work good. Out, we'll start at Ipswich, work yeah, our way forward, forward and, right, and okay. see, see where we get to. It was really good in a lot of ways. The most, I think, a lot of us have enjoyed Legion United game for a long time very much showed the best of what Leeds have up front. Made Pirro look like a very, very good signing um, for £10 million. Liked him a lot. Thought he fitted in incredibly easily, um, considering that he'd, he'd only been signed on the Thursday night. But then again, 
not a huge surprise that when you think that he'd been playing for Swansea so was fit. He knows the championship inside out. He's got all the kind of credentials that you'd want in a centre forward for this division. So it made total sense. And I think it, was, it wasn't it was that easy to get him ready for um, the game and, and to get him at the team because um, they had to get what permits processed and all the paperwork done. He only had the one training session on the Friday, but it was obvious enough that in Farker's mind, as soon as he got the permission to play him and, and was able to to use him at Ipswich, that was that was going to happen. But I was kind of saying after the, the game, there's, there'll be a day and there's probably time on this podcast to fight about the defence. But in an attacking sense, Ipswich just couldn't cope with them on Saturday. And that was a very, very good win at what I was saying is a pretty bulletproof ground against a decent side who I think will be relatively close to the playoffs, if not in the playoffs this season. Very, very good result. We started to find reasons to rule out Ipswich's goals, didn't we? Like, so the first one was a, a deflected own goal, bit unlucky. And it was offside. And it was was it offside? Probably. It looked offside, and even the Ipswich fans I've listened to thought it was offside. Oh, okay. okay. So definitely offside. Is that going to feature in propaganda when we do it? We're doing a propaganda this week? Uh, no, because they just they just agree, and rightly so, that it is offside. Fair enough. So that was offside and an own goal, so that doesn't count. The one mm-hmm. at the end, just a, a lapse in concentration, and probably took a deflection. That uh, last and one? just a hit from long range, yeah. Yeah, so we're, yeah. we're discounting that Hitting one. Hope. Yeah, what about the middle one? McCody Drama's one, we're going to sell him soon, so that doesn't count. Yeah. And it, that was bizarre. Human error. That was a that was something of a gift. Yeah. So really, really, it's a moral four 0 It's all down the sides for Leeds, isn't it? But in a kind of very different way to how it was with Marsh, where there just didn't seem to be anybody there. It's not that there isn't anybody there; they're just getting in a in a tangle constantly in the fullback areas, uh, which was the case at Salford last night. Um, not that Salford had a lot of the game, but you know Matt Smith's goal in particular. That was it was a bit bit of a shambles that and that's where it all, all generated but then of course sitting at Salford last night thinking Jed Spence is on his way up for a medical he's going to sign was I think comfortably one of if not the best right back in the league when, when he was at Forest so that surely you know helps um, in that area I think the, the overriding feeling at Ipswich was that if you've got attacking players of that quality and Ipswich's manager Keen McKenna said this afterwards you know suddenly Ipswich were playing against players of a higher level so having had it their own way for a long time and you know having not been beaten much at all over the past year you know to have four goals stuck past them was really unusual for them in such a short window as well well like it, it was yeah it, well, it, was kind of, anyway. it was kind of like game one by 20 minutes in which in the end it wasn't because Leeds are kind of sort of obscenely charitable at the back but it didn't feel like Ipswich were going to recover from that point again I thought they played pretty well it was just a good game all round. But I think McKenna was right in saying that at that end of the pitch, you've got players who are at a different level to what you tend to get in the championship. And it was hard not to say to yourself, if Leeds can sort out what's going on at the back, if they if they can make the right signings and, and structurally get themselves sorted in that area, then they are going to be very strong and they are definitely going to be in the mix. Yeah, I think it renewed a lot of hope, didn't it, that win? It well, the, the first win, obviously. It should do, because season. we looked like we could just score at will and then we went to Salford. <laughs> Well, I think the thing going forward is that looking at Piro, I've written about him this morning. He's going to gravitate towards the centre forwards position, isn't he? He's going to be a nine, you would think. But he looked very good at 10 in what was a pretty fluid forward line. And watching back through his clips and, and his, his debut, it was quite it was quite easy to see what he does, the way in which he drops deep, the way in which he links up the way in which he seems to read play around him, he looked like a really good signing on paper. I think on the basis of his first appearance is going to be a very good signing. And the goal he scored is what you want a centre forward to do, which is to be part of the attack, but also to put yourself in a position where if something's coming up six yards from goal, you're there ready to stick it away. It's proper poachers 
finish. But it did feel that going through his performance as a whole, there's so much more than just a poacher there. He's a really good all-round player. Worth noting that um, when Ruta's played at number nine in the earlier games in the season, he he looked slightly isolated, like we couldn't link up with him um, despite his best efforts. And I know that we were playing against teams that were sat like in a really, really low block, defending very, very deep. Um, Whereas Ipswich tried to be a bit more expansive, so it made the pitch a bit bigger for us to... Uh, to play him, but he did look like he just had the, the means to sort of get, like say, keep dropping into little pockets of space. Ruta would then go ahead of him and it just all seemed to, I don't know, do you want to call him like the missing link in the side that's uh, that's just starting to bring it all together? I would say so. The, the space helped, definitely, but I think the rotation in that front line helped as well because it, it seemed to be really difficult for Ipswich to read it and to track what was going on. I also reckon that Pirro's strength, because he does look like a good physical forward, will help Ruta because I don't think that's where Ruta particularly particularly scores highly. You know, there's, there's a lot of skill in Ruta's game and he, he's very mobile. But I think somebody like Pirro, who can link up play and can take a bit of hammer, but be effective at the same time, make a difference to how good Ruta is. It was a good goal from Ruta. I was going to say, what a great finish. That, well, not a great finish, but just to get a whole, the whole execution of it was really, really skillful, wasn't it? I've watched that a few times and gone, as he, you know, as he makes that final turn down into the gap, into the yeah. area, and you kind of go, oh, Lovely change of pace, yeah. yeah. And I think that's what McKenna's getting at. You don't get a huge amount of that in the championship. That tends to be kind of Premier League or, or, or top-level football. And I do, with Ruta, I do refuse to believe that there's any way in which you can have paid £30 million for somebody who is abject and hopeless. Are, is you clearly, not, are you not familiar with the work of Victor Alton? I mean, I, I did see the penalty last night. I was there in full view of the shootout last night and it was, it was the sort of penalty I would have taken. Did he change his mind in the run-up, do you think? felt a little bit like it mm-hmm. yeah um, but it's probably the easiest save Alex Kearns is going to make this season certainly from from a penalty but I do I think he's I think he's a talented footballer Ruta it can't be a coincidence that suddenly you've got Sinistera Nonto Piro around you you're in the championship and you start to to look good I always wondered whether it needed a season like this to properly get Ruta going and, and to get him to the point where actually you can look at him and say he, he is something like decent value because he hasn't been to this point. I mean, mm. in no way has he justified that fee up until now at all. I think Pirot in the team as well, it seemed to make it easier for the players around him because he's he's obviously a central player and it feels like when we've had Ruta trying to do it or Nonso or Dan James, these people over the years, they, they just have a real tendency to pull wide because it's where they, they naturally seem to play. Whereas Pirot just seemed to always be within the width of the 18-yard box and he just made a refreshing change to look at the box and go, oh, there's actually, there's actually someone in there who can get on the end of this. Because quite often you you see the ball's out left or something, then Ruta's stood next to him and you think, you know, you're meant to be in the middle at this point. <laughs> he's, he's got an intangible presence as a, as like a centre-forward as, as Piro, hasn't he? In a way that maybe some of the other players in that side, if they play up at the top, don't. You know, because like Nonto played through the middle a little bit. He's obviously not a big fella in terms of, of height, so he doesn't have the sort of physical stature in that regard and then Ruta like you say he's a bit sort of bendy and drifts out and um, he's he just he's, you've just got a rock solid number nine is what I'm getting you, at you can teach centre forward play but I do think it's quite inherent as well I think it sort of comes naturally to the people who are best at it and again picking through the, the best bits of Pirro on Saturday the, the movement for the chances that he, he had the link up play in, in deeper areas he knows what he's doing and he knows how to time his run he knows what to look for he knows the, the passes to play I think you'd be pretty tempted to to hope for 20 goals from him this season. He looks like that sort of player. And as I say, I, I, I think as time goes on, he will probably gravitate towards the nine position because that's what he is. But that ability to interchange, like you say, it can cause problems for so many defences who, like your championship defences are a lot more rigid, aren't they? They don't have the same wherewithal to 
you know, allow players to drift out of position and just let them go there where they're not a threat. They'll tend to, you know, tend, defenders will tend to follow forwards around. Well, I think one one of the one of the things that's handicapped Leeds over the past couple of seasons is, I think anyway, that this idea that certain players are able to play in positions that aren't theirs and it'll all be fine. So strike at left back, for example, others at left back. And just sign a left back. Yeah, Robin Cock in the centre of midfield. And yes, it can kind of work and it can be a bit makeshift and it might see you right for a little while. But it was quite rare to look at those performances and think, yeah, they they look suited for that. Whereas with Pirro, the versatility of being able to play at 10 did actually seem to be there. You mm-hmm. know, I, I did think that that he had the the attributes that could be could make him effective in that position, which ideally takes you away from the argument that is, is brewed constantly about other players at Leeds of why on earth are you playing him there when you should be playing him up front? You know, if you've got a nine who's suddenly playing at 10 and it doesn't really feel like it's working, Rodrigo's a good example of that. Then people do start to, to say, well, you know, what is this about and what is the point in this? And aren't we, can I, aren't, I, aren't we hamstrung by the fact that we're not just using him where we should be using him? So while I do think that Pirro is a nine and I think that's where he'll be most effective and, and where he'll, he'll be at his best for Leeds, I certainly looked to that on Saturday against a really good side at a stadium where they, they just don't lose very much at all and thought that's that's pretty impressive, especially with one training session behind them. Yeah, yeah, and, and as Farker mentioned in his post-match, not having the time to pick up on the patterns of play and where players are going to be making runs and things. He looked like he'd played there for, for years, didn't he? Yeah. I, I, I think also listening to Farker's kind of verdict on him saying things like statistics speak for themselves he doesn't have to prove himself I think what Farke is saying is that you know these days in the transfer market there are times where you have to take risks and times where you go for players who you think maybe Ruta fits into this category players who you think he could be great but actually it's there's a little bit of unknown there whereas I think when he's talking about Pirro he is looking at Pirro and thinking this guy is an absolute banker for it's, an, it's a known quantity yeah, isn't definitely. it in, in this division which absolutely. makes it a good signing yeah, and the elephant in the room last night with 33 chances was that if you put Pirro into that side, he probably scores about 10. Yeah, but last night's game was preposterous though, wasn't it? It was just, yeah. it was almost physically impossible to have that many chances and that amount of pressure and to lose that game on penalties. If there's one, so- they if, did. If there's one team that can do it, Phil. <laughs> yes, absolutely. If there's one team that can absolutely. do it. Absolutely. I was going to ask William Hill for the odds on Leeds and Hearts never ever winning the League Cup it's, in my they, they say that, you know, like, great, They say great sides always find a way to win. Yeah. For whatever reason, when it comes to Leeds United and Cup games, we, we always find a way to lose. I mean, Alex Cairns had a, a really good game in goal. Matt Smith got the sort of chance that Matt Smith is just crying out for yeah. all night. You know, it was it was in in that respect with Salford's goal really did play into their hands. But I think Farker wasn't very critical afterwards. He just sort of said, firstly, he thought it should have been a penalty. I we were miles away from it, and we, you also sit um, in a corner of the ground at Salford rather than in the middle of a stand. So it was. It was impossible to say yes or no, definitely. But I thought it looked, I thought it looked like a penalty to me on on non. Were you within object throwing distance of any of the skulls, Keen? No, they're on the opposite side ah. of the pitch, away from the riffraff. Yes. Did you throw, no, we, try and throw anything? No, it was a bit far for me. Right. Yeah. My what would, what would you have thrown? Um, well, there were only biscuits last night, right. so it'd have to be like custard cream or a bourbon the, or something the, like uh, that. The awful yeah. life you have, which right? I think is legal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I, I think so. It should have been a penalty. Yeah, but then. In saying that, it wasn't really one of those nights where you could say that the penalty decision particularly, well, it did influence it, but you couldn't say it. Not, not, with, thir- not with 33 <laughs> no, chances. That's, that's yeah. the point, isn't it? Yeah, what did you think, um, penalty? Yeah, because they're always given. I actually don't like that sort of thing being a penalty because I don't like attackers deliberately dangling leg into people, but then it's always given as a penalty yeah. in the Premier League. So when it's not given, it's kind of annoying that you've seen them given 100 times to other teams. If Rashford is a penalty 
at the weekend. That's a penalty. I don't. Wa- I don't watch much of the day anymore. Do you not? I'm an ITV four man yeah, now. That's where we are. are now. You? Yeah. Yeah. The professionals. Pure, pure <laughs> yeah, EFL followed by the professionals. Yeah. yeah. Keeping up on Gillingham. Yeah. Um, which brings us round to today. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Like <sighs> before we get to today, these cup losses have often felt quite unnerving. Even the um, what was it? Crawley one felt a little bit unnerving because of the whole bleeding celebrity angle to it was it Mark Wright who mm-hmm. came off the bench and was stupid even that felt a little bit unnerving and we've got this this sort of litany of these that have followed us down the years I think a lot of people have kind of just well it's just what we do it just, these things just happen where it comes to Leeds and let's move on because there's, there's bigger fish to fry in the last couple of days of the window and then you wake up on, on Wednesday morning off the back of this and go well, well that was frustrating but here's Jed Spence I, I, I start to feel more and more with the League Cup that either it it needs to sort its act out or the game needs to sort its act out with it's going the to get League bit, Cup it's going or to get it's bins. going to go isn't yeah. it because Man City win it the, well Man City win it all the time nobody seems to get really interested in it until around about March at which point you're either in it and you've got a chance of winning it so you might as well care or you're out of it and, and therefore you don't but I think particularly the early rounds in August are just completely blown away and overshadowed by the fact that nobody's paying any attention to them. I mean, yesterday, I got into the ground yesterday about 20 minutes before the teams were announced because we were doing stories on Jed Spence. We were doing stories on Amiri trying to get a private jet home via his own bank account. Um, Can we talk uh, about that? Yeah, we, we, we will do. We will do. Um, so, uh, so the thing I tweeted when I got in the ground was, oh, and there's also a game on tonight. And I'm not saying nobody wanted to win that and I'm not saying nobody would have been frustrated by the result and it's better to win games than not. But I just can't remember a time when the League Cup kind of attracted less interest or less attention. It's like a it's like a formality that you have to go through in amongst the real action, which is the transfer market at mm. this stage. And league games, obviously. League games are different um, because that's your, that's your season there. But the League Cup needs to decide, does it have a place... Anymore, the Premier League are going to kill no, it. Of course they are. They're yeah, no, kill it it feels, that was that. I think we were nattering on about um, Varane's tweet um, in the last podcast about him saying too many games and this, that, and the other. And that I think it was Adam Craft and one of our writers who said the only sort of make weight here is going to be that they get rid of the League Cup and give more money to the lower leagues. That's what's going to happen because that's <laughs> a way to remove certain games. And Leeds have played a lot this month, and you, <laughs> you just find yourself thinking, you really need Salford. Do you really need Salford on a Tuesday night when the game is giving this little credence to the competition? Yeah, and, Shame, having, really. and having to assemble but, assemble a squad to see you through an EFL season, a forty six game season. Those extra, I mean, in our case, it's two games, isn't it? But it still it doesn't help. Like it's that relentless Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. You were saying um, teams don't get interested in the Carabao Cup until March. The final this year is Sunday, the twenty fifth of February. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, so you're getting <laughs> you're getting interested for the following season, which shows you how much I've followed the um, the schedule and also tells you how confident I was that Leeds were going to get anywhere near that. Which well, was the, Car- not the at Carabao all. Cup is a, is a summer months um, competition for us mainly, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You say the Premier League killing it. Just looking at the list of winners, twenty thirteen Swansea won it. Since then, it's been Man City, Chelsea. Man United, Liverpool. Right. That's it, you see. Everybody, so there's no point. You, you, can, yeah. you can try in it, but ultimately one of those teams will beat you anyway. And what the Swansea thing was an aberration because Bradford made it to the final, didn't they? So you've never seen anything like that. In, it's, one, they, it's once in a generation. And they had, and they had Pablo, so you yeah. know, it, um, it was kind of uh, irresistible. But yeah, everybody has this image of your biggest clubs not caring about the League Cup. But the problem is that they're so good, they can almost... And they've got... Um, such depth of resources and so many good players they almost can't fail to win it 
yeah. you know, despite the best efforts. And it just shows yeah. you the gap to from yeah. there to there, doesn't it? But anyway, so can we talk about Amiri? Because yeah, why not? That really, really tickled me. Just the, um, I don't know, there seems to be kind of a subtext this year of, you don't piss about with Leeds United. There's that kind of, is just quietly seeping out in the in the way that we're doing business over over this window. And, and I just love the thought of uh, Amiri and his camp, like having mooched around in town and gone, ah, Trinity's all right. Don't fancy this, but all oh, corn exchange is super. But having a little walk around some of the other areas and going, ah, nah, I'm not bothered about this. And, and then someone dialing up to say, you know that private jet? Yeah, yeah, it's gone. It's, it's gone. Right, yeah, it's all the like best. The, it's like the um, you see that you see the private. Like the, it's like the fuck around find out graph, <laughs> yeah. really, isn't it? Like, you see, you see to, the private jet. Ter- you see the private yeah. jet terminal there at Leeds Bradford. You're not in that building anymore. You're over the other side. Weird, weird deal from the start. This one, and I think it feeds into the, the broader conversation we've been having about how much players want to play in the championship which is not a great deal and Leeds knew when they went to Amiri in the first place that there was a fairly high likelihood that they might be shooting a little bit too high there and, and that he wouldn't want to come and he'd have, have better offers and I think I said that when the when the story first broke when Romano first ran it I spoke to somebody in Germany who said and, and I, he doesn't want to go to Leeds he, he's going to Marseille Marseille didn't happen so at the back end of last week Amiri seemed to get interested but there was this constant narrative in Germany of he's going to Leeds he's agreed everything and then suddenly it was off and then it was on and then it was off and the club sort of kept saying consistently look it isn't dead but it hasn't agreed to either you know we've got a fee in place with Leverkusen so it's kind of there to be done but it is in the end his call you know he's Germany international he's playing in the Bundesliga we're asking him to come to the championship and yes we think we're a good draw and yes you know there's a lot to like about Leeds United I think it's a lot to like about Leeds the city but we can't pretend that this is this is fairly ambitious so they hoped to get him over the back end of last week which didn't happen he was on the bench um, for their game against Mönchengladbach but then he did come over on Friday with his entourage he met with Fark Leeds felt like the talks had gone pretty well and been pretty positive looked at Thorpe Arch looked at Elland Road but my understanding of it is that Leeds were annoyed about extra demands that were being made so the whole thing ran into trouble and he was effectively heading home without anything agreed, without having done a medical. Leeds had hoped that he would come over and it would go so well that he would then proceed to a medical and, and they'd, they'd complete the deal. So as of Monday night, there was some pretty real doubt um, about whether or not it was going to happen. And because of those extra demands, although the club had paid to fly him over, they declined to pay for his flight back. So as far as I can tell, the reason he was in Leeds City Centre was not specifically because he was looking around and deciding he didn't like it or the markets but it was because he was waiting for transport home. He was waiting to organise a flight home, which did, you know, and he, he did get back to Germany. He didn't have to get the... Oh, the I'm, I'm relieved. He didn't have to get the ferry from Hull to Rotterdam and then, you know, <coughs> hitchhike, hitchhike from there. He, he did get himself back. But I think there was frustration as well at Leeds that there was a bit of a narrative in Germany that he'd looked around the city and gone... Is, is it kicker or build? One of the two that's kind of really gone to town on him about this. I think it's build. Yeah, yeah. I've basically made him out to be a bit of a child, and have um, done a, a really, I mean, a really nice um, bit for the Leeds tourist board by saying it's a fantastic city, beautiful yeah. parks. Yorkshire Dales just to the north. What's wrong with the man? But, but from Leeds' point of view, it was in trouble before he went wandering down Brigate. You know, it wasn't as if he'd gone away from Thorpe Arch saying. I hope he didn't go um, down Brigate at about three a.m. on a Sunday morning. Well, maybe that would just swayed <laughs> it the other direction. It's gone. I like this. This is. This is really good. I've seen that McDonald's, um, that 24-hour McDonald's. I, I, think, I think you probably have to be slightly fair to Amiri in saying that when it comes to an offer for the, from the championship for a Germany international, there's a decision to make there. And if they decide no, then you can kind of kind of understand that. But I would say it felt to Leeds by the end of it that there was a lot of messing about going and actually by, you know, 
by yesterday afternoon, they'd just withdrawn from the whole thing and it was, you know, we're not, not going to do this. It's a shame in one sense because he does look like a really talented player. And again, I think to go back to McKenna's comments, another one that you'd have been saying, he's better than the championship, him. But on the other, other hand, Leeds have just spent the summer clearing out a lot of players who don't really want to be here. So you've got to ask yourself, do you want another one? This is true. It's felt like too much of a faff, this one. It's yes. a bit of a hassle. Whereas Pir- Pirro was done in no time at all. You know, other deals like Spence has moved really quickly this week. Ampadu, those sort of transfers were ones where the players involved just seemed totally committed to, mm. to doing it. And you have to be careful that you don't end up signing players who are totally committed because they're absolutely... That's you know, their ceiling. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, they, or they can't believe that they're being offered the chance to go to Leeds. You want players who... The Anthony Elding. Well, you want players who think they're better than the championship, don't you? Yeah. Um, but are happy to, to be here. But at the same time, you don't want players who are kind of wavering because you know yeah. where that where that goes. You kind of, it's kind of spinning all these different plates at once, isn't it? As you yeah. come in towards the close of the window, it focuses minds because it's it perplexed. If I don't get anything done by Friday, then this is it. So maybe Leeds feel like they can get one or two over the line um, as a result of that kind of that pressure of time. But it's interesting, isn't it, that um, Amiri is, is represented by his brother mainly, isn't he? And you wonder how that has been a factor in how this has unfolded versus let's say a player who's with like one of the massive agencies who and, and they do this yeah. more often you know like because yeah possibly although it's not as if you don't have agents established agents who play these sort of games yeah. as well um it's probably quite quite an easy stone to throw that one but i don't think Leeds were impressed with the way it was it was handled and i also think they just found it i just meant on the on the basis of these extra so-called extra demands yeah yeah, yeah no that that's possible i just think they they felt in the end felt like there was kind of no point in flying over if you then get and and it did it just seem like in the end it was coming down to money and there is a, a point in a discussion about money where you have to ask yourself is this all it's about or do you actually want to to join the club I'm, I'm not convinced yeah. that you wanted to come I have to say and I think it, it was the right decision to just let it go I was going to say it's quite interesting reading up on Greta Steinson's personality in in the report you know he joined Leeds mm-hmm. in his in his role as a technical director whatever yes. he is now that he's, he's very much a no nonsense character will not suffer fools gladly. Yeah, we've got a big read on him, actually, yeah. um, from a while back when he went to, to Tottenham. Might have been right. when I read Although, it. Yeah. Oh, it might well have been. Um, this summer of, will, have been a, will have been hard graft for him, without a doubt, him and Nick Hammond. There's been a, an awful lot to do. And I think with Steinson, I'm still really interested to see whether Leeds go for a more overarching sporting director or whether Steinson starts to run the show from this point I wouldn't be at all surprised if they keep Nick Hammond on because I think they're really happy with the work that Hammond has done through the summer he's on a short term deal but there has been talk about him sticking around but do they in the end go for the model that everybody else seems to go for which is one man in charge of of all this which Steinson is obviously senior but you wouldn't say that he you know he's 100% in charge of all this he's just one of the kind of kind of senior management you've got basically with the two of them being in there you've got one on the football side one on the business side effectively haven't you and, but you've also got Farker in the middle and that's what's been quite noticeable I think about this summer is the way that he's driven targets, driven transfers, driven final decisions on on who they're, they're going for. There's absolutely nothing that's been done without him saying yes to it. There's plenty that hasn't been done because he didn't he didn't want it to happen, which I think has been the right move for this summer because to an extent, I feel like <coughs> authority needed to shift a bit more back towards your manager, your, your head coach. And I know clubs don't really operate in that way anymore. It's it's more of a it's more of a committee when it comes to signings and recruitment and, and strategy and everything else. But even though that's true, I still look at Pochettino and Klopp, Guardiola, Postacoglu, 
And I think there's absolutely no way these guys are being told what to do. No. You know, that's yeah. not how elite coaches operate. It felt like last summer was a split on it where they'd almost allowed Victor Orta to pick a few and they'd allowed Marsh to pick a few and there wasn't necessarily enough thought into, well, how are these players actually all going to fit together into yeah, a yeah. team? I think there was maybe, looking back, a bit of complacency about the assumption that it was just going to work and it just didn't. Um, and I don't think in any way that they didn't sign some good footballers last summer, but they didn't make a good team and that's the that's the difference. And at Ipswich on Saturday, looking at that front four, looking at Ampadu and Archie Gray, which is a really good pairing, although it's not a pairing for 46 games, they can't just keep playing and playing and playing. And I, I get the sense that the big focus at the minute at Leeds is on the centre of midfield mm-hmm. um, because they do need um, they do need choice there. They do need extra bodies, not because... Gray and Ampadu have been any in any way disappointing, quite the, ob- the opposite. Don't break but nobody, well, I say nobody plays 46 games. Some people do, but very, very few. Um, well, we've got the example of Sam Byram as a player when he was a young player coming through, played all those games under the Warnock season and effectively broke him Yeah, because he played too much. Well, others as well. You know, like Matthias Clake, those 92 games back to back and it felt as if as time went on, that did start to take a toll on his body. I mean, I get that Clake was going into his, his 30s and so on. But I think Farker will be mindful of how young Archie Gray in particular is but he's seen the championship before with Norwich and he'll know that while those two could play all the way through and could be great from start to finish the laws of chance say there's going to come a point where you do need to mix it up and you can't mix it up with just random choices you mm. need you need quality in there that can can supplement it On the midfield then do we know if Glenn Kamara's got a strong opinion on Leeds? K- Kamara the one this morning is Bulgarian midfielder at Werder Bremen, a guy called Ilya Gruev, which seems to have moved really quickly. He's 23-year-old. And I get in the vibes first thing that that one's going to happen. Uh, very much a Farker target. He's quite he's fairly young still. He's been at Bremen for a while. I can't pretend to know a huge amount about him. But that one, by all accounts, has got a pretty pretty serious chance. I suspect they're going to try and do two in the centre of the field to give themselves bodies there and, and numbers. And Kamara's obviously been linked for a long time now. The thing that interests me with Kamara or sort of makes me wonder is that he's been up for grabs. There's no question that he's leaving Rangers. The fee's pretty affordable. He's, you know, good good quality player without any doubt and I think would be a good addition to the squad, although he hasn't been involved at Rangers at all. So I don't think he would be coming in 100% prepped in the way that, say, Pirro was having had, had games um, with Swansea. But the fact that they haven't just got Kamara nailed down I don't think it says that they don't really like him. I think they, they genuinely do. But it feels as if they've been keeping their, their options open. It feels as if there are others out there that they'd be equally happy to have, which I guess is the way to play it when you get to this stage. He's always felt like an option rather than the choice. It doesn't need Kamara. Yeah, bit. but I, I don't think an option as in we don't really want this guy, but you know, if we have to have him, then we'll, we'll, well take maybe him. Not top of, they, maybe not top of the list then. Yeah, or, or perhaps part of a broader list in which it's a case of there are actually some good players in here, so we don't need to just jump on on somebody but they are going to have to jump on some people soon um, because obviously the, the deadline is coming but it was it was just interesting chatting to somebody this morning this crew of one sounds like it's it's got a, a pretty good chance it's come kind of come out of nowhere and without a doubt you know coming from Germany is is another one a little bit like Amiri that Farkle have had a big influence the um, the Werder Bremen English language account I don't know if it's an official club account there's no tick alongside it so um, your guess is as good as mine these days He's missing from training today and they're saying in talks with other clubs is the reason for that. So, um, Very interesting. There we go. Could be moving. We could go. well be moving. Yes. I just wondered, just returning to Victor Orta, do you think maybe he had too much power concentrated into his hands? And that's, I mean, 
I guess, well, given what we're seeing now with the split of power, you would suggest that's probably the reason. Like, because he became a single point of failure almost, didn't he? I think there are ways in which you can structure it differently without having to go without, uh, as I described it, an overarching sporting director. Alter used to take part in board meetings and so on. <laughs> it was it was quite a small setup at Leeds in that you had Radrazani, you had Kinnear, you had Alter. It wasn't the sort of really broad management team that you get to, you tend to get at really big Premier League <laughs> clubs. So I think one thing that you can do is have a very senior sporting director who is, you know, basically in charge of recruitment, but who who is very much answerable to the board, and I guess who doesn't have quite the the same level of authority. But in saying that, it wasn't as if the players that Leeds were going after wouldn't have been signed off by Radrazani, wouldn't have been signed off by, or at least the contracts wouldn't have been done by Kinnear. So perhaps there is a, a bigger picture here that yes, they got a lot of the recruitment wrong. Yes, Otter has to take responsibility for that. But perhaps as a whole, you know, club scouting, club's recruitment, everything else, it just needs to be better. It needs to be more targeted. It needs to be more effective. They need to they need to do more of the right things. And again, to go back to Pirro, I know we'd all have picked Pirro. So you would say to yourself, well, you know, why do you need recruitment people if we can all sit here and, and say, yeah, he would be great. But we say he would be great on the we basis... Said it, we said that, it months ago, windows ago. Yeah. The thing is, we say that on the basis that he, he scored a lot of goals in the championship. And yeah, sometimes but, yeah, things but just, can just be... Take, just take the win, Phil. Yeah, so, yeah well, that's it. So, so, it's, say it's, we call it. Sometimes things can be, be really simple and it does always help to dig far more into a player to work out exactly how they're going to fit and what their strengths are going to be. But I think you know that was what Farker was saying. Statistics speak for themselves. He doesn't have to prove himself and falls into the obvious category and I don't think Leeds have been... I don't think Leeds have been in that category enough. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. What do you make of the window so far? And we say that in the context of Jed Spence um, signing this morning, as we mentioned at the start of the show. It feels like, I feel like they've been more targeted and focused and it's all just felt eminently sensible so far. And I'm, I'm aware there's a lot could happen over the next couple of days before the window closes, but it, it's looking all right to me so far. I mean, we were all 
properly narked about what happened with Max Ahrens, weren't we? But Jed Spence ain't a bad other option at right back. And in some ways, Pammy paid a million quid for him for the loan. It seems actually very good value because when you see the way that players actually have their value written off by uh, financial fair play stuff and the investment that you have to put into getting someone, it seems almost risk-free, does this, I would say. I think if somebody like Aaron's about turns and goes to Bournemouth, having already started his medical, it's very hard to to hang that around the club's neck. There's really not an awful lot that, that you can do. And, you know, in, in the same way as somebody like Nonto trying to force his way out, if you've been relegated, how do you avoid him doing that? You know, you can't, you just have to deal with it. And that's not not specifically their fault. Some of the contractual stuff this summer has been ridiculous and has put them in a difficult position. But I don't know, am I allowed to say I think it's been pretty good, actually, this window? I think I like Pirro a lot. Um, I think Spence is a really good signing. I think Rodon and Ampadu fit the bill. I'm going to be honest and say, on the basis of the first month, I think Millie and goal ahead of Darlow is legitimate. You know, I think that's probably the, the right call at the moment. But I, I still think that having signed Darlow, you would imagine that it was in Farkas' head that he was going to come more heavily into the picture. I think, like quite a few of us, concerned about left-back, definitely. But then again, haven't we been here for about 20 years and don't we have this discussion every single summer? One day they'll do it. One day they'll, they'll, catch us, they'll catch yeah, us all off guard. Dead, Luke, Tom, like, oh. Luke Thomas is the name that won't go away. There's yeah. a lot of noise around that and people saying it's done or, or close to being done. They, they have made approaches for Thomas. They they do like Thomas. They would take same as Charlie Taylor, but despite what they've tried with Taylor and, and the question being asked of Burnley, Burnley haven't really shown any inkling to this point or, or any intention of letting him go. But of course, this is the part of the window where things change pretty rapidly and where players themselves start to say, I'm not going to play, you know, I need to kind of need to to go. The issue with Thomas, I think we ran this on Monday lunchtime, the issue with Thomas was that Leicester were very much in two minds about whether it was a good idea to send him to a club who might well be in the mix for promotion Mm. like themselves. But he is somebody they would take and, you know, Farker thinks that Byron will be back on the other side of the international break from this adductor strain, but it has to be a little bit of a concern given Byron's injury record that there's already something something that's a bit of an issue. They do have Junior Furpo and I know Michael is particularly excited about his, his return. I can't wait um, to see him back for three for three mediocre <laughs> games before he's injured again. But then another but, five weeks on the sidelines. Exactly. But um, it, on, on the obvious front, wouldn't seem like a bad idea, would it, to, to get somebody in there? No. Um, sign a left-back. If we can get to the end of this window and say, bloody hell, they signed a left-back. Do you think Cody Drama shows promise there? It feels like Drama will go now. Yeah. Um, Which it's starting to look like it's the best all round, isn't I it? Think After it that probably performance is. I mean, that, that was kind of the, the gist of the piece last week. He was into his last his last year of, of his contract. He's hardly played for Leeds. He's been really good at other championship clubs, but it doesn't really seem to be making a difference. It was going well, to have to be... Why is that, though? He's, going, he's got, gone to Cardiff and been their player of the season. Yeah, and he, pulls, he pulled on the white shirt, admittedly at left-back and not right-back, which Farker took the responsibility for. But he just looked like a rabbit in the headlights. If Farker won't speak about this until... If and when Drammy does go, but I think when if Drammy is to leave, and I feel like he will, and I think probably most likely on loan, given that it's so so late in the window, it's probably going to be difficult to get anything done permanently. But we'll see. Southampton, one of the clubs who do really like him, I think it'll be a question for Farker of you know genuinely why this young kid who got promoted with Luton last season from the same division was very good at Luton, won Player of the Year at Cardiff. Why? Why isn't it happening for him? Why? You know, what is the issue? Why hasn't he been able to get himself into the frame and and to play more? And and why are Leeds kind of 
apparently willing to to let him go. It's it's slightly slightly odd. You're right about left back. I mean, I think everybody would feel happier if they brought somebody in, but I do think the centre of midfield is where I think it's where they're probably more likely to suffer actually because there isn't there's JB behind um, Gray and Ampadu, but at the moment there isn't enough. So you'll have seen the link to Kenny McLean Norwich earlier this week. Um, again, player Parker knows really well, but doesn't seem like Norwich are in any way interested in um, in selling him. So, and, you know, quite a, a, a important couple of days, I think, on that front. I mean, from the team selection last night, we have to assume that Farker doesn't particularly like the look of JBL Bate at this stage, because if ever there was a game to give Archie Gray a rest, for example, or Ampadu, you'd think it was last night. Yeah, I think we all expected that Bate might might be available to go out on loan as well. He hasn't been been massively involved. I, I agree with you. It's Salford. You feel like, and you'll remember that Farker did play JB against Shrewsbury in, in the first round as well, not to, to great effect. I think he just wants more experience. Um, so, for example, your man from Werder Bremen played in the Bundesliga. You would look at him and say, right, okay, you know, he he should be he should be trustworthy for the championship. And that I think, if you can. If you're going to have a good go and you're going to get promoted, that that is kind of what you need. Tanaka as well looks like he's trained this morning. Um, yes, out in Germany. Yeah, somebody that was, else they've they've looked at kind of emerged and then went away again because he got injured, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. There must be somebody spying in the bushes. He kind of limped off and then was told, "Now you're all right." Um, yeah. And and carried on. I, I haven't been told that that is has been any progress with that one, but um, but Gruev seems to be. Yeah, one of those names that we uh, we were chucking around weeks ago now was Masengo. He's still without a club as well. So he yeah. was, he's uh, he was on loan at Bristol City previously, wasn't he? And has, has done good things in the he's championship. Out, he's, he's young. He's out of contract, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. But it hasn't again, that name hasn't come up this week. Yeah, so uh, th- there's been so much noise about Kamara that I don't think it's going to be a massive surprise if when it comes to it, they, they do Kamara. But as I say, that because that one's been there to be done for, for so long... Um, there has to be a reason why they haven't just jumped on it. In terms of other outgoings, do you think we're likely to see one of Nanto or Sinistera leave potentially still? Because it feels like, I know they've kind of come through the mini strike or whatever you'd call it, but it still feels like there's potential for them to leave. I do wonder about Sinistera, despite what was said last week. With Nanto, the only way in which I see anything happening with Nanto is if somebody goes really big in the last few days. There isn't at the moment any sign of, of that happening, but you do get you do get clubs out the blue in the last couple of days just going bang, you know, do this, try to try and try and get it done. I don't think Leeds will be in any way minded to sell him. There'll be a price, obviously. Mm. I mean, there has to be. And I think given what's gone on this month, you have to be realistic in saying that if you did get offered a massive wag for him, perhaps it makes sense to say, look, there's been the agitation, there's been the problems. They settled down, clearly. Um, but perhaps, you know, it, it would make sense to to take the money. But I feel like Nonto most likely stays. Mm. And I think that's a really good thing. With Sinistera, there was, without any question, there was some issue with the contract and there was some disagreement there which meant that it had to be spoken about or discussed or resolved. And I think on the basis that that conversation was even having to take place, it was a pretty clear indication that Sinistera was minded to leave and minded to go. Played really well at Ipswich, have to say, thought it was decent enough when he came on against Salford last night, um, although it was basically attack against defence. So I don't think any issue with attitude in that sense but on the basis that he seemed to be seeing himself elsewhere and you would guess at a higher level I wonder what's going to happen with him mm, and we yeah. saw what happened with Adams as well like yeah. getting into fractious things with the yeah. the contract and uh, yeah, it, it just it's it's just very low-key slightly worrying isn't it that one yeah in the yeah. sense that something could happen there I suppose the debate with Sinistera is 
given that he's a really, really good player and really good player, I mean, the, the, it seems to me that there are quite a few players who've gone from Leeds this summer who people are frustrated about the fact that they haven't raised transfer fees from many of the, or, you know, any, any with the exception of Adams. Obviously, they've got money for Rodrigo and they've got a loan fee for um, Robin Koch, but there hasn't been a massive flood of transfer fees coming in. I think that's been the annoyance for people as opposed to the, many of the players who they're leaving and uh, who, who they're losing. And I'm not so sure that there are many supporters out there who are sitting looking at players on loan thinking, I hope they come back next summer. You know, something like Jack Harrison, you can see him as an asset. But with Sinistera, obviously he's worth a decent amount of cash. He definitely is. But if you were to get promoted, is he somebody who you would still want? I kind of feel like he is. Um, so actually, if the option was there to loan him out, if he, if he felt like he just had to go and he didn't want to be here and there were contractual issues or whatever else and you had to loan him out, Maybe that is one that could work for you. For the, the, for the, great, the greater know, good almost. I don't, yeah. I don't know. You yeah. know, it's, it's very hard to say. But if you did get promoted this season and Sinistera was coming back into the squad next summer, I don't know, you tell me. Uh, it's, it's it seems of, like a hard, a hard I, way up that I feel one. like a loan out at this stage would sit very badly with people. It, it definitely would. It definitely would. But uh, we've we faced a few least worst option um, choices this summer already, haven't we, with the people who've gone out on loan? So... Like you say, you can, you can see it from a greater good perspective if he was to come back in, if we were to go up. But it feels like we need to clear the hurdle of going up first before we start to worry about what it's, happens It's a very, season. very fair point. And perhaps that's the cycle Leeds have got stuck in a little bit too much of saying, when this happens in X months, years time, it'll all be good. But in the meantime, not you know, not dealing enough with the here and now. Mm. Paintsill was a name that, that came up. And I, it always felt to me like it would involve somebody going, and that's one of the sort of common themes I think that's emerged like on socials and forums and stuff, people saying, if someone goes out, you can imagine Paintsill coming in. That seems to I, have just I, I, gone off I, the boil a little bit. I didn't bit. get that impression last yeah. week. No, they, they did bid for him. Um, the bid was 10, 10 million euros. There the, is a financial issue from what we can gather between Paintsill and Genk. In Belgium, they're saying it's related <laughs> to um, loyalty bonuses that, that he's due. And that, appeared to become so much of a tangle over the weekend and at the early part of the week that, again, as of, I think, Monday night, we were being told, that, and David Onstein's been covering this for us, but we've been told that it, it was pretty much dead. What didn't look like it was it was going to go anywhere. Although, as we're saying, in the last week of the window, it's kind of all bets are off, you know, and, mm. and things that look dead. I think immediately you're safe to say that's, you know... <laughs> Having cancelled this oh, flight, you've, you've changed your mind <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah, well, I tell you right. what, you you, you pay flying. for the flight. Yeah, <laughs> and if you sign, then we'll we'll pay to fly you back. Um, I, it doesn't it doesn't feel like pencil has developed at all since the start of the week. But I didn't get the impression that it was being done because somebody was definitely going. It seemed like it was one they'd got involved in, regardless. But that that hasn't looked particularly good over the last forty years. With that in mind and the stuff that they're trying to do, and, and you know, you're talking about maybe doing two in midfield, do you think they've actually done more business than you first anticipated in this window? It looks a little bit to me like they're trying to really get the squad bulked up. I'd have to go back and think, but no, I don't think so. No. I think because there were so many outgoings and always going to be so many outgoings, I did think they were going to have to do <laughs> a, a, a fair number fair number of players. I feel like if there are two centre mids in, they're not far off, really. Obviously, it depends if they, they lose anybody. But I think they're definitely in a position where people like Drammy, Helder, Greenwood wouldn't surprise me at all if there are loan options for them, which Leeds are, are happy to take. It feels like you can actually lose a few of those players without thinking, well, we might need them at some point. But you see, I think Fark's attitude is if the players aren't quite right for him or if the players aren't necessarily good enough or whatever else, the padding is no use. 
you know, you need players. Bielsa always took this attitude. You the know, very like definition need, of warm bodies. Yeah, you need yeah. like you need players that you you really 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 want to to use. So no, I don't think they if they get two centimeters in, um, say they got left back. So I don't think I'd be looking at that going, why that's far more than I thought they would. I think it's what they needed to completely redraw the team and the squad and to give themselves a fighting chance. Before we get into the Sheffield Wednesday, um, oh yeah, preview. Oh yeah, yeah. it says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> Before we get into that. You know, we like to get you to predict things, Phil, because oh, no. inevitably they'll be wrong. But what do you think is going to happen? I mean, both of you obviously are here as well. Answer this. What do you think will happen between now? Can't have a feel like an afterthought there. And <laughs> you, 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 both of you. I mean, you, yeah. you mean you go without saying, baby. Um, <laughs> no, just what do you think will happen between now and the end of the end of the window? All right, I think, and obviously subject to change. I think there's a good chance to do this Gruev from Bremen. I think they do another centre mid. <laughs> as well Lewis O'Brien um, again hasn't been spoken about that much it's not like anybody's pretending they don't know O'Brien or don't like O'Brien I think the situation at Forest isn't that simple but yeah, if it ended up being him again wouldn't, wouldn't be a massive surprise I'd like to think they do a left back I'm not sure that they will I think we'll oh, see Phil. well I, I, it's not that they're not looking but for example you know like Taylor they would take but they can't get Thomas they like but um, just sign a left back how come every other club but, in the football league's got a left back I know, I know. Why do we make it look so difficult? There's yeah. well, there's the, how many teams are in world football? They all have left backs. Why can't we have one? Don't ever seem to be any left backs coming through the academy. It's, a fairly, the, it's but... a fairly standard approach to football, isn't it? Mm. It's put players in the positions that you need them. Yeah, yeah, mm. it's, it's, a good, it's a good move. But maybe they do do a left back and the, the world is a happier, happier place. On the outgoing front, I think there will be there will be moves for some of the fringe players, you know, guys like Helder, or at least the option to move will be will be there. Whether it comes off in time now, we'll, we'll see. And Sinistera, I really hope, stays, but I kind of feel like I, you know, I do wonder. Do you think anything happens with Gelhart? It feels to me like, I need to ask about Gelhart actually. It feels to me like he's still close enough to it, if that makes sense, to potentially be needed, to potentially be part of it. But I don't think I see him playing a huge amount this season. I just think, particularly with what's in that forward line, maybe quite quite tough to, to get games. I, I feel for Gelhart, it, it it's not developed for him has it and a few people keep saying to me on Twitter he's just not got it Gilhart but I think he definitely did you know when I think back to him when he first came in just looked massively massively talented and I, I suspect he's not the only one who's suffered from some pretty fallow years at least mm. yeah the, I mean the, the lack of progress from the, from the club is reflected in a lot of the young players I think that's fair to say yeah when, when we've, we've relied on them in situations of stress I mean the, the number of times when Gilhart was thrown on as a Hail Mary and also, I also don't think that, you know, enough of the academy players who they've invested in have moved forward in the way that they should have done. You know, Perkins has gone out on loan to, to Oxford. Guys like Helder, Dramme, you know, even Gilhart. It just hasn't hasn't quite happened, mm. has it? There, ha- there haven't been any additions at academy level that have been massive, massive hits. And by a mile, the best one at the moment, by a country mile, is one who's been in there for ages. Who's that? Archie Gray. <laughs> Believing the pathway. <laughs> Believing the pathway. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Again, if you wanted to be really cruel to uh, to Victor Orta, you could say that's another failing, then, couldn't you? That, well, again, that, I that don't, the pathway is not what we were I, sold. I, I don't think the 
bad players. Any of them, I actually think they're good, talented footballers. But the way in which things have been at Leeds hasn't brought them on. So whatever the plan was, it, it just well, hasn't worked. Has well, it? well, maybe a lack of foresight in that regard. That yeah. the rest of the squad wasn't strong enough to support these young players coming through, and they had too much on their shoulders. I also think, you know, in the Premier League in particular, academy players have got to be incredibly high level um, to be able to to mix it. And around them, they need real quality as well. You know, really, real. De- dependable, consistent quality, which just hasn't been there. In the um, in the last week, then, the, the signing of, of Pirro completely shifted the narrative, as we spoke about on, on one of the most recent shows. And we head into the Sheffield Wednesday game on Saturday. I think there's a great deal of optimism and people looking forward yeah. to, to this game. I can't wait to get to Ellen Road on uh, on Saturday and, and see how this unfolds and see maybe that, mm. if Sinistera does stay with us, that front four um, going at Wednesday's defence, which, I mean, they're bottom of the league. They're not in a good place. Munez is it their boss as, um, do you remember what happened last time he came to Ellen stop talking we got him sacked yes yeah for Watford wasn't it yes yeah I thought you were going to say he beat us no <laughs> but then no. I realised no. I said stop was, talking was, I thought the, you, you were going to give me a bad example no 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 it was the it was the first win of or first league win of Bielsa's last season you know it had been pretty difficult to that point and then Watford turned up Leeds beat them one nothing. I, just, I thought he you were going to kill my optimistic approach he, to this with he, some facts he got sacked um, and Watford went through that cycle <laughs> Yet again, where they pretended it was all about the coach as opposed to everything else. Right. Yeah. Apologies for me. You keep coughing as well. Yeah, you were a minute ago swigging directly from a bottle of cough I'm medicine. Sure, yeah, I'm sure you said at the start of this, I'm in fine fettle today. No, I, I, had, I had a cough before <laughs> I went off drinking. Hangover's gone. Yeah. But I had a cough before I went off to the wedding, but yeah, the cough has survived it. Um, I don't think anything else inside my body has done, though, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. But yeah, I'm, dead, I'm really looking forward to this, just to seeing as how it all unfolds. Oh, it feels like a weight's been lifted. If things go right across the next couple of days, there could be a real sense of optimism when we get to Ellen Road it, at the weekend. It does feel, I'm aware, I'm aware of the implications of saying this, but it does feel like they're there for the taking as well, doesn't it? Yeah. With them bottom of the league and pretty much in disarray. They had that bizarre press conference of announcing the new manager, which was very much a sort of a Chilino throwback, wasn't it? Where, yeah. the, where the chairman steps in and digs r- out Carl rants, Palmer. Rants absolute bollocks for 10 <laughs> minutes. And everyone's, everyone, the manager's just sat there thinking... Jesus. <laughs> just going to sap my agent. Yeah. I called him Cisco Munoz before. It's uh, Munoz, isn't it? Um, anyway, but he was saying that we are a better team than them. Yes. In, um, in the run-up to this game. So getting his excuses in early, eh? Mm, yeah, I, I think that's probably true. You would just like to think that Farke again, whatever the, the lineup, will let the front end of the team off the leash in the way that they were at Ipswich. Um, there, was, there was no real control at Ipswich, it has to be said. I mean, it was just a sort of barnstorming game back and forth it was great to watch it was great great fun I think from his perspective Farke would be delighted with the win particularly there but I think you'd look at the performance and say that as time goes on it would be nice to control games more than than to it to be a sort of basketball style but um, what was going on up front really encouraging do you think Spence goes straight in? I think he does uh, I, th- I think I would given that Pirro uh, went straight in on one day's training yeah you, you would Imagine, except I would suspect that Farker is a bit more committed to ailing, say, than he was to what was going on at the front end of his team um, in the games against Birmingham and um, and West Brom. So it'd be a big decision, really, wouldn't it? Because whatever you think of ailing's form, he's a he's big character, big personality, one of the, by you know, a mile, one of the most experienced people in the dressing room. So it's not, whereas I think you can put Pirro in for Gilhart and say, see it for yourself you know you can, yeah. you can see what's going on I think with Ealing you'd have to manage that one a bit more delicately mm. I, I suspect he goes straight in I don't know why well because he's an absolutely great yeah. back particularly yeah. in, in terms of going forward he's absolutely yeah. we've got the potential to absolutely murder him haven't we and the legs to get back as well which yeah. I think is something we've seen with Ealing he, he still does contribute but in every game he's had a moment where 
he's just looked absolutely beaten on halfway, and he has. A, he's almost looking back into the space behind him and thinking, "Not anymore." Long way back yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A few years ago, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't think you sign somebody like Spence and play him ten times, do you? You sign no. somebody like Spence to use him for the, the whole season. And again, he had options. There must have been a discussion to that to that end really how much am I going to play What? how much am I going to be involved and I suspect he'll have had some assurances with, with two loanies in from Spurs you have to assume that's Steinson's link back to Spurs there as well there is that I think Steinson is a particularly big fan of um, of Spence um, but um, I think Kinnear has good ends at Tottenham as well so they've been able to do Rodon who was going to, going to have to be permanent initially and I don't think Leeds would have been able to have afforded him but were able to get him on loan and Spence I mean Michael was saying you know for a million pounds for a full, uh, as a loan fee and obviously be paying wages as well but a million pounds for a championship season when Aaron's would have been more like seven or eight perhaps it's perhaps it's worked out mm. any chance of it becoming permanent if we were to go up you think there's no option or obligation but I mean Spence isn't involved with Spurs at the moment it's not to say that if he has another really good year at Leeds that that won't change down there if he's on the fringes then I'd potentially be there to be had but it would have to be a fresh negotiation yeah Going from, it's a lot of water to go under the bridge because it will depend on how it goes. Just enjoy this season. Just yeah. don't just don't fall in love, kids. That's the only thing we yeah. saw with Ben White. Yeah, not just him. They'd, you know, this summer, don't fall in love with anybody. Do you think actually, though, more seriously on that point, there's more of an understanding now from fans, from a fan perspective, that we're seeing a short-term project in action now. And we just need to get through this year, potentially, if we were to go up this year, uh, push maybe next year. I think if it takes three years, we're probably in trouble because when the parachute payments start to expire and they come down by quite a lot. So um, really go for it in these two years. And then once you get up, then you kind of clear the decks again and start and look for the uh, to the Premier League then. I, I don't think, I mean, obviously... I don't want to get ahead of myself. Obviously, there, the there are a couple of loanees who might go back afterwards, so might not be your players. So a little bit like Ben White, they could end up being seen and being viewed as short-term solutions, you know, Spence and um, and Rodon. But I don't think with some of what they've signed, th- there is definitely a short-term view in as much as the club definitely realised that they need to get it together for this season, you know, not to necessarily go up this season. I mean, they have to compete to go up, but you know, it's not like it has to happen these 12 months or, or bust. But I don't think they want to be seen to be letting this season slide away. Um, so there is that kind of short-termism, but I don't feel with some of what they've done that there isn't a little bit of a medium term to longer term view too. You know, like Ampadu and Piro and another. Piro is only in his kind of early early twenties. Ampadu at, at a good age as well. It, it it does seem to me that there are things there that they'll be able to lean on to a degree when they go up. But you can see more and more with the Premier League when you get into it. You, you've got to spend. I mean, mm. you've, you've got to spend. So whatever they do now, they would have to make major additions to it if they if they got promoted. And part of the reason for that is that more and more. The sort of players you need in the Premier League just do not want to play in the Championship or come to it. It's funny, isn't it? The kind of the bind you find yourself in. And I think Moscow said it before really well on our podcast when we've when we've done it. Is kind of almost want to win the Championship every year, but then not go up because the, you're seeing what's happened to like the lower end Premier League teams already this season, and the fact that the division's already taking shape after about three, four games, whatever it is. It's like I don't want to be part of that. It's almost an impossible conundrum going from the Championship to the Premier League. And, and the only solution to it is to basically find state funding. Yeah. Mm. But we, we don't want to be down here, but it is... I mean, if we have a good season this season and we were to go up, we'd love every minute of it, wouldn't yeah. we? It will, it will go down in, in history as one of those brilliant seasons. Great fun. Didn't, didn't we say last year, and possibly the year before, that you almost have to condition yourself to start enjoying the individual games? You know, the individual games that go well take a load of satisfaction from that and don't get too 
sucked into the bigger picture because quite often the big bigger picture isn't that satisfying. Um, mm. There's not a lot you can do about it. You know, you can ask your club to be more ambitious and you can ask them to sign different players and everything else. But everybody with a very small number of exceptions um, has got a ceiling. Said in the last couple of weeks, more than anything, I just want something to get behind, like we saw with Bielsa. It doesn't have to be the same. It doesn't have to be as good as that. This, feels like, it's, this feels like it's going that way. Building towards it, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah. it's got, got distance to go before you can comprehensively say, this is great. But the good signs, and say it again, I have been really impressed with Farker's management. I do mm-hmm. think he's, he's handled summer really, really well. It will come down to results in the end, because it always comes down to results. But he, he doesn't look in any way out of his depth he doesn't look like he's struggled to cope with what's been going on he's held it together and now that he's getting delivered Piro and Spence and, and hopefully a couple more at least before the window closes what he's been saying and what he's been promising is kind of coming to pass you mm-hmm. would say right then let's wrap it up um, and I'm going to ask you in a clickbaity style so the clickbait websites can uh, can report on oh, this good. Phil Hayes two word assessment of transfer window for Leeds United is it strapping? Mm, I'm going to say Pretty decent, actually. That's three. That's three. Pretty decent. Well, that, that's your forecast for the remainder. Oh, what, for the rest of it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, pretty busy. Pretty busy. There's right. not a lot you can do with a clickbait headline with that, is it? If I give you the blandest answer Well, ever. I guarantee However, you now, <laughs> Phil Hay expects Leeds to be busy in closing stages of window. Look out for it. What, what's happening that as soon as you can? We'll see you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. 